are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up? We have so much to get into today. We're going to talk all about Game 4 of the NBA Finals. I'm going to talk about Kawhi Leonard's ACL injury and what I think about that. And then Webb and I are going to give a brief preview of free agency with some of the big players. Webb, are you ready for today's show? You know I'm always ready. So I don't know that you're always ready, actually, because sometimes you jump the gun a little bit. Like last night in the third quarter, I got a text from you. It's like, Devin Booker, book it, book it. And then I realized that you were not ready for, Mil- for Milwaukee's miraculous comeback. You weren't ready for that, Webb. So how-, how can I know you're ready for this show? Wait a minute. I was just talking about Devin Booker's performance, not Phoenix. I was talking about Devin Booker's performance. Uh, I predicted Milwaukee was going to win games three and four. And I thought Devin Booker was just putting on a show, man. 38 points through three quarters. I thought it was really impressive. That's when I texted you. Might have been a little premature, but he had a great game in the first three quarters. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to all of that. Milwaukee won last night, 109 to 103. I think this is the best game of the finals by far. And arguably one of the best games so far in the playoffs. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, it was it was fun. The playoffs have had some really good games. And we've seen a lot of comebacks, even with big leads. I think it's been a really interesting playoffs. And, uh, and yeah, this is definitely the best game in the finals so far, for sure. I think it has the most memorable memorable play of the playoffs. It's this or KD's shot that wasn't a three. For me, are the things I'll remember. It's the Giannis block. We're going to get to that a little bit later, but I think that is the most memorable play so far in the playoffs. Am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, yeah, 100%. That's the biggest play in the playoffs. I don't want to have recency bias. I'm really digging deep to try to think if there's anything else that could be memorable, but it's the finals. So it's not going to hold the same weight as the first or second round. It's true. Okay, let's break down the game a little bit. Milwaukee won 109-103. Like I said, Devin Booker had 38 points through the first three quarters. He ended with 42, which I think if I'm... Well, my math isn't great, is that? He ended with 42. He had 38 through three quarters. That means he only had four points in the fourth quarter. Is that crazy? Did I read that wrong? No, he was not very effective in the fourth. He should have actually fouled out of the game. And the referee came out today and said he should have. But he wasn't shooting very well. I thought he was forcing a lot of his shots. And uh, definitely a good three quarters, but a bad fourth. He was on the bench for a decent amount of the fourth quarter as well because he was in foul trouble. So I will give him a little break there. Chris Middleton played out of his mind. He had 40 points, including 10 straight in the fourth quarter to kind of ice the game. Chris Paul had five turnovers. And honestly, it seemed like more. And he had, I think he had two uh, turnovers in the last three minutes that were really costly. I think that killed the game. Aiton only had six points, but was a monster on the board with 17 rebounds. Giannis didn't have 40 like he usually does, 26, 14, and 8. But his defensive presence was amazing. Phoenix had 17 turnovers. Milwaukee had five. I think that's the most telling stat of the game. That's... A 12 turnover differential, that's way more. That's way better than six points. Like, that's crazy. That turn. Chris Paul never turns the ball over. He had five last night. Is that why Phoenix lots besides Devin Booker's terrible fourth quarter? You're, you made me laugh. 
I love how you threw that in there, that Devin Booker had a terrible fourth quarter. Chris Paul hasn't been that great this finals. I think he was good in the first game, solid second game, but not very good in the last couple games, at least for Chris Paul's standards. I think they lost because um, sort of live by the three, die by the three. And Booker was really keeping him in the game. He was hot for three quarters and he was in serious foul trouble. I think he had four fouls in the first half. I can't remember, but he had four fouls very early on in the game. They had to take him out. So that didn't help. So they had to be really cautious with him throughout the game. And they didn't have anyone else to really generate offense. Um, So, I mean, it was sort of a one-man show yesterday in terms of Phoenix. Uh, Chris Middleton took over the fourth, man. He's been so clutch for them. So clutch. And um, I've been really impressed with this performance. It's very humble. I know you hate him. I'm not a huge Middleton fan, but I like him. Uh, I think he's solid. I think he's earning his contract. And um, it's been him and Giannis, really. Like, Bobby Portis has been solid on both ends of the floor. And, uh, you know, we have a series now. Best of three now. It's a great game. Middleton has made a believer out of me that he is worth half of what he gets paid, at least. Fair minimum. that he's worth that, at least, for sure, I think. When you say half of what he's paid, like per year or what he's gotten, like total contract? He's making $35 million a year. I would have no problem giving him 20. Damn, that's that's unfair. I think he, I think he's definitely worth. So if you look at a guy like uh, Tobias Harris, who's making around the same as Middleton, like I'm more confident in Tobias Harris's um, scoring abilities normally. I think I'd take Middleton over him right now. Just what Middleton does on, you know, in other aspects of the game, defensively, he's a good passer. Um, he 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 sort of fills the stat sheet all around. I think Middleton's so, definitely worth the money. In game two, he had like under ten points, right? I think he had maybe eleven. I don't want to give someone thirty-five million dollars that isn't consistent. I just don't want to do it. And. I feel the same about Tobias Harris. He's not as relevant, so I, I don't talk about it as much, but I have the exact same problem with him that I have with Middleton. They are good players. They are not superstars, and they're getting paid like superstars. And I think that's the most sure way to kill your team. When the Colts general manager had a quote yesterday, a few days ago, you don't give B-minus players A-plus money. And that's what they're doing with Middleton. He's not a B-minus player, but he's not an A-plus player either, is my point. So I think Middleton is very consistent. I think he is very consistent. I think he's a solid low 20s, get, get you five assists, six, seven rebounds a game. I think that's Middleton right there. But when he starts hitting the 35 points, 40 points, that's not Middleton that you can expect on a nightly basis. Like, So I don't think it's fair to say Middleton hasn't been consistent because he had a game where he's underperformed. I think for the majority of the playoffs, he's been like the unsung hero in Milwaukee. And um, he got them to the finals when Giannis had to sit out the last couple games. I think he's been pretty consistent. That that game where he had 11 points or whatever it was, uh, where him and Drew Holiday didn't, didn't really show up. I think that was game two. It was bad. But the last couple of games, he's been solid. And I I think he's worth the money now, in retrospect. When he signed it, I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? But he's been more valuable than Tobias Harris has been. That's a pretty low bar. Come on. That's, that's a low bar. I like Tobias Harris. No, I I like Tobias Harris. I just, I'm way more comfortable with Middleton as a number two than I am with Tobias Harris as a number two. I think Tobias Harris was the number two this year for Philly. He shouldn't have been. 
But yeah, he was. Oh, Ben Simmons. I cannot wait till you're traded. Webb, are you ready for a conspiracy coup? Are you ready for some? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yesterday, when Devin Booker committed his sixth foul, he actually fouled the guy twice on the same play. The ref was right there and missed it for some reason. Crazy. Adam Silver told these refs, keep Devin Booker in this game. I want it to be close. This was a conspiracy by the NBA to make this game exciting, to make up for the first three blowouts that have happened. Prove me wrong. I think that's what happened. So to me, okay. Phoenix was up 2-1 at that point. My only question to you is why would Adam Silver risk having this game be close, have Phoenix win, and then go up 3-1 and close out the series in game five? Wouldn't it be better if they just had Devin Booker foul out, guarantee the win for Milwaukee, tie it up 2-2, because the game was still close, and then you know, guarantee at least six games for this series? That Wouldn't it be better in the long run to have a longer series than to just have a, sh- a, a, a close game four that could still go in Phoenix's favor? See, you're not thinking long-term enough. That's your issue right here. LeBron is aging out of the game. Kevin Durant's getting older. They need a young star who has championship pedigree. The, the, uh, the announcers have called Devin Booker Kobe 2.0. He's the next guy. If he wins the title, that is better for the NBA long-term than a seven-game series. They have a new marketable superstar. Could grow NBA, could grow the NBA in the Southwest. It does so much for the league as a whole to have a new 24-year-old superstar with an NBA title. That is better long-term than a seven-game series. Adam Silver is a long-thinking man. That is what happened. There is no way the ref missed two fouls in the same play. There's no way at that important of a place in the game. It's impossible he missed it. Impossible. They they thought this out. They tried to screw Milwaukee, and Milwaukee did not let it happen. So my question for that is, why have Devin Booker, 24 years old, as the heir apparent to LeBron or Steph Curry, whoever you or KD, whomever you think is on the throne right now, by having Devin Booker win the championship, why, wouldn't it be better if they had Giannis win because he's a global star or global superstar or whatever, he would have much more reach and appeal than Devin Booker in Phoenix and would be more of an international star than Devin Booker would be. And he's only two years older than Devin Booker. He's 26. It's not like he's 33. He's also still a young player and he appeals to a lot of people. Devin Booker, like you say all the time, he wasn't in the playoffs for a very long time. So a lot of people, he's out of sight, out of mind. A lot of people don't know him. People know Giannis. People are counting on Giannis. He's the Greek freak. He has international appeal. Also in a small uh, small market um, in Wisconsin. I I just don't see why they would take Booker over, over Giannis. When Giannis, it's not like Giannis has a success already that, you know, the board of Giannis. See- First time for both teams. Why was Steph Curry such a superstar? Because he didn't look like an NBA player. He looked like your average guy. Any kid could do it. Any kid could shoot the three. Most people know they're never going to be Giannis. It's not they're not going to be seven foot that athletic. But a good shooter, anyone can be a good shooter. It's more marketable. But Booker's not a good shooter. Booker's a scorer. Booker's different than Curry. He's a he's not a very good three point shooter. But he's a good two point shooter. He can he's. His game isn't built on crazy athleticism. No, but I mean, crazy athleticism. I think it would, 
that Giannis's highlights would be more fun to watch for the casual viewer than than Devin Booker. The dunks, the Euro step, the blocks. Although, you know, he's not gonna fit the mold of the average person because he's a freak physically. I think it would definitely be more more marketable. Look at look at Giannis. Giannis has been in, on the cover of NBA 2K. Devin Booker has it. I want to talk about Giannis's block real quick. Your sneakerhead status is revoked, by the way, for not knowing that. It's not. I have every <laughs> pair of Jordan 4s ever. So the Giannis block. Booker passed the ball to Aiton. Aiton went up for the dunk. Aiton is seven feet tall. Giannis was not facing him. Turned his hips, blocked the ball, did not foul Aiton. Pat Connaughton said it's the best block of all time. Mike Wilbon agreed with him. Best block ever. Better than LeBron's chase down block of Andre Iguodala in the finals. I disagree. Heavily. And I'm not even a LeBron fan. And I disagree with that. So I think LeBron's block meant more because of where it was in the game. It ended the series, basically. I think Giannis's block was more impressive. I So LeBron's block was still unexpected. I think Giannis's was, I agree, was more impressive in terms of athleticism and it came out of nowhere. I thought DeAndre Ayton had that in the bag. That lob, I thought it was in the bag. And Giannis, I was surprised. I was shocked. Because one, it's DeAndre Ayton, and it was a lob. You don't see those blocks blocked uh, very often, uh, especially when it's, a, when it's a big man. But I do think LeBron's on uh, Andre Iguodala, the, the, the impact on the series, sealing the win for Cleveland, being down 3-1. And also, the he chased him down, blocked it. And I don't think, I don't think it even needed to be done. I, I, I'm definitely not a LeBron fan. I, I, I think Giannis's was more impressive in terms of athleticism, but um, impact and athleticism and just crushing dreams. Uh, <laughs> it crushed Golden State's dreams for for the championship. Um, this is, if, if, if Phoenix wins the next two games, I think we forget about that block a little bit. So I agree with you about LeBron's being more impactful, hundred percent, but Giannis is blocked. The, the score was tied when that happened. If Aiden scores, they're up two. Giannis blocks it. They get the fast break and they score. So they're up two. that's a four point swing. That won in the game as well. That won a finals game. So I just don't know how many people in my life could have made that block that I've seen. I don't think, I don't know who else could have done that. I don't think there's anyone that I can remember that could have made that block that I've seen play live. I can't think of anybody that could do that. I didn't even think there was a chance Aiden could be blocked. Giannis was like near almost the foul line. He was covering Booker. He turned his hips, jumped, and made it. I was amazed he got there. I had, I thought he had no chance for that. It was amazing. I agree with you. I do. I can't think of... One player that I could think of probably is probably Dwight Howard, who could have potentially blocked that. Um, but it's it, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think of like a whole list of players. But very impressive. Like I don't think you're gonna see that very often. Definitely uh, was a momentum changer, swung the game for them. It was an easy lob from Booker to Aiden. There was no reason. I was so confident that I was going in. I could have left and told you that Aiden 100% scored. I was so shocked. I. Yelled out. I couldn't believe it. Biggest play of the of this of the playoffs for sure. I think that play where Devin Booker allowed Aiton's shot to get blocked, we can just add that to more Devin Booker failures in the fourth quarter of things he was not able to do. So I believe Mark Jackson said he is Kobe 
Devin Booker. Isn't he more like Kobe four points in the fourth quarter? Oh, isn't that what he is? Because he only scores four points in the fourth quarter. Kobe 4.0. Oh, it was a terrible joke. Uh, and and I told you it was going to be. I gave <laughs> oh, you that, a warning. Is that the joke? <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was the one. <laughs> that was horrible. And I don't think he's Kobe 2.0. Can we not uh, always have to compare players to previous players and make it sound like this player is just like this player and going to take over? He has the work ethic. He has the, the competitive um, sort of nature that a lot of players now don't have. He's a student of the game. There are some similarities, some similarities to what Kobe did, but he's not Kobe. He's definitely not Kobe. Um, no one's Kobe. That's not, it's not going right. to happen again. He is a freak. It's never going to happen again. But even if I was like the closest person to Kobe, I wouldn't even think Devin Booker. Like Devin Booker is great. I think he's a top 15 player. At this point in Kobe's career, I wasn't like – there was no debate. If we were talking about Kobe – six years into his career, we're not going to be like, uh, is he a top 15 player? No. He was more than that. He was a top 10 player at that time, if not higher. Um, yeah, no, he would have been higher than that. But there was no debate. Uh, Devin Booker is great, but let's not, let's not go overboard here. Mark Jackson has a tendency to uh, to engage in a little hyperbole at times. But So, like so far, you've taken shots at Michael Wilbon being wrong about the best block of all time. And Mark Jackson. Wow. Something I wouldn't do, but that's what you did today. I, I respect those both those guys. I think they're correct, but it's fine. I actually met Mark Jackson uh, a couple of years ago. Did you tell me he was guy. wrong to his face? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Is he a big dude? No, he's probably about like like our height. Okay. Like when I met Marshawn Lynch, he was way bigger than I thought he was going to be. Oh, you mean like, but he's what, about 5'10? Five, 5'11? Five, he was sitting down. Okay. But like, just thickness. I was like, I didn't like. I knew he was a big guy, but he's even bigger in person when you see him. No, Mark Jackson wasn't like he wasn't skinny, but he wasn't like I don't know. He wasn't like big, uh, like just solid, no. solid size. Like I just think all athletes on TV look way smaller than they are in real life. Every single one that I've seen in person is gigantic, and you don't notice it because everyone on TV is also gigantic. Maybe, but who? But he sits around like Mike Breen and Van Gundy, so. He's never but they're look sitting, small. but they're sitting too, so you can't really judge it too much, right? But uh, but Van Gundy's small though, man, so you can yeah, see that between between both of them. But no, he was he's probably about six one, and I don't know, two hundred something. I I remember you just said Devin Booker is a top fifteen player. Did most top fifteen players score four points in the fourth quarter of a finals game? It's crazy. I'm sure they that. have. I guess you like your top 15 players terrible. Okay. The listeners are just shaking their heads as they, as they hear you talk about this. That's usually what happens, I imagine. <laughs> That's true. Let's move on to Kawhi. Kawhi has a partially torn ACL. So he was actually injured, which I was kind of surprised about. But he, he was hurt a month ago. He just had the surgery, I think, yesterday or two days ago. So he waited basically a full month to have this surgery. This surgery recovery time is between seven and nine months. So he waited a month. So he's going to be back now in April, maybe. He could have been back in March. What do you think this means for Kawhi going forward and for the Clippers going forward in general? I think the Clippers are screwed either way. Kawhi has the option to opt in to the final year of his contract. If he opts in, which the Clippers can't do anything about they're basically without him for the entire year, the regular season, I should say. If he chooses to opt out 
they lose him for nothing. Either way, they're not likely going to have Kawhi Leonard in the regular season next year. If he opts in, um, sorry, if he, <laughs> if he opts in, uh, he's not going to play for them until the playoffs at the earliest, really. So, uh, sorry, I was watching a fight. Um, so, yeah, the Clippers are screwed. The Clippers are screwed. I'm not, I mean, you know, it sucks for Kawhi. He had the partial tear, but uh, the recovery time from what I've read is not different than a, a full tear or a partial tear. Um, so yeah, it would, what would be interesting is if he chooses to leave the Clippers and he wants to sign elsewhere, it's kind of going to be like a KD situation where you're going to get like a red shirt year from Kawhi and then he'll play in 2021, the 2022, 2023 season. I have been on record with you for a long time saying, I thought Kawhi was one of the three best guys in the league. I think after he won the title with the Raptors, he was the best two-way player in basketball. You said the and best I was, player. I said best player. I did. Yeah. I said yeah, the best yeah. two-way and best player. Which he won crazy. the chip. He won the chip. That's what happens. Uh, but I I think I would not want him back on this team. I would Clippers. I would let him go. But they don't have the they don't have the choice really. They have no power in this situation. Kawhi he, has the ultimate say. If he opts in, sure, come back for the year. I would not try and re-sign him after that. I would say good luck. Because you know when he's recovering, he's not going to keep the Clippers informed of what's happening with his recovery. He didn't tell them he had a torn ACL partially. They found out in the news media. Like, he didn't tell them. He didn't tell the Raptors when he was hurt. They just were scared of him. He takes games off. He does not communicate anything. Why would you give this guy a four-year deal if he opts out for $160 million or whatever if you have no idea how his recovery is going, if he's going to play again? We have no idea what's going through his head, and he's never going to change. He's not going to tell you what his deal is. He won't say, oh, recovery is going well. He's not going to call Steve Ballmer. He's not going to call Ty Lue and say, hey, it's going good. The doctors want to check me out. I'll re- I'll do some rehab here. He's not going to do that. Why give someone money, all this money, if they aren't even going to respect you enough with a phone call? Like, I would just want no part of him going forward. He's an amazing player, but I think the personality is it's a locker room killer. I would want no part of it. So if I'm another team like the Miami Heat, and I've told you, I've said this to you before, I think Miami Heat should go all in on Kawhi. I think some of those teams that are on the verge of uh, either going to the finals or just one player away from winning a championship should try and sign Kawhi if he opts out. Just take the hit for the first year. Take the diva. He's too good of a player to pass on. I think he's a fantastic player. I don't think he's the best player in the league. I think he's pretty damn good, and he willed the Raptors by himself to the, the, the championship, and he just changes the whole landscape. He changed free agency that year in 2019. He changed free agency. He had every team on their toes. He pissed me off holding up the Lakers for like five, six days, whatever. We won the chip that that next season, but if I were him, so if I were other teams, whatever. If I were other teams, I'm hoping that Kawhi opts out. I, so he has had numerous leg issues for the last four years. He missed a whole season in San Antonio. He's played sparingly the next two years with the Raptors. Sorry, one year with the Raptors, two with the Clippers. Does not play back-to-backs. Without, if Kawhi loses, what, 12% of his athleticism, he's not the same Kawhi. And there's no guarantee at 31 
when he comes back, he's going to be the same guy. I would let him walk. I would hope he opted out. I'd say, hey, Paul George, you saw what you did in the playoffs this year. We can build around you. We can make this better. We have all the money in the world. Steve Ballmer is one of the six richest men in the world right now. I would want that. I would want nothing to do with Kawhi and his personality. He doesn't help you when he doesn't answer phone calls. He won't tell you what's wrong. It's terrible. They didn't know he was going to play game to game. They had no idea what he was doing. Why would you invite that back? Why would you give that guy $160 million? It's insane to me that they would do this. I don't care how good you are. If you can't be relied on, you cannot be paid that kind of money. So I, I guess I have to read up more on what happened because I thought that initially there was confusion over whether it was a sprain and then they found out later that it was a tear. Was it that Kawhi held that information away from the Clippers? Like, is that for sure? It's been reported that the Clippers had no idea what's wrong with him and he would not tell them what the doctors were saying. He would not give any information to them. So they had no idea. They were basically getting reports the same as the media was. Like, he might play, he might not. We're not sure. He did not give them information. I just, a phone call would kill you? Hey, hey, Ty, my knee really hurts. I'm not going to play. Okay, sounds good. Can the doctor look at you? No. Like, I don't understand what that is. It's crazy to me that, that he just thinks this is okay. I think it's terrible. You and I have ranted about these days off, these maintenance days for years. We hate it. Kawhi yep. is the worst offender in the league and it's about to get even worse and they're going to pay him way more money. I think it's a terrible idea. So I, I hate the maintenance. I hate this stupid uh, load management. I hate it. I hate the culture of, you know, 82 games is too much. I hate that stuff. Um, but I think Kawhi is too good to pass on. I'm not saying I want my, I don't want my Lakers to, to try and get him at all because um all the all the issues that you brought up um the, the soft skills he doesn't really have in terms of like interpersonal skills and he could really divide a locker room i think but um i think he's too good to pass on talent wise um he's a fantastic player and i think he can be a difference maker and obviously he can win you he can get you to a championship so the thing is the clippers have no leverage in this situation it's all co- Kawhi's power um so I I don't know what he does maybe he opts in because I don't know I don't know what he does he's in a weird situation because he's not going to play for the regular season so I'm going to give you a little information there these are his options he's able to opt in and for a 34 million dollar player option oh no I didn't mean I don't know what he can do I mean I don't know what he's going to do no I'm just going to give the listeners all the options okay so he can opt in for a 34 million dollar player option he can decline that and sign out to a four-year deal with the with the Clippers or anyone else he chooses to. For I think it's $160 million with the Chris Paul deal. Or he can if he opts in for the $34 million deal after this year, he's eligible to sign the five-year supermax with the Clippers for $220 million, roughly. Yeah. So those so are I, his options. Like I said, the Clippers have no leverage in this situation. It's all Kawhi is doing. It's his. And all the leverage is him in his corner. So, again, he can literally hold up free agency once again by choosing to not disclose whether he's going to opt in or not. I don't think he will this year. I think with the with the with the injury, it kind of takes away some of his leverage. Teams knowing him is not going to play next year for most of the year. That doesn't make you as valuable a commodity. Because then he, when he comes back, he'll be 33, maybe. 33-year-old Kawhi isn't as good as 31-year-old Kawhi. 
He I think just he, turned 30 this year. Isn't he 31 right now? No. He just turned 30. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. So he'll be 32 when he comes back then? Uh, no, he'd be 31. He's coming back next year. Takes the whole year off, though. What if he takes the whole year off? Yeah, he'd be 31. He would have just turned 31. Okay. Sorry. I guess. I, for some reason, I thought he was 31 already. My fault. You're right. Yeah. I just. That's the KD I, situation that you hated, but it's the KD. I situation. was right. Why? KD showed up in the playoffs. He wasn't hurt. It was Kyrie that was hurt and Harden. Yeah. I said you would have the first year and a half would be terrible. He was out for the first year and a half. I was right. I was exactly right. He got I, good at the end of year two. Yeah, and they were in the playoffs and had Kyrie stayed healthy, it would have been Phoenix and Brooklyn right now. It wasn't KD's fault. Yeah, relying on Kyrie has worked out so well for everybody. I What are you talking about? Relying but, on Kyrie is a good idea? Okay, even Harden. I think it was just bad luck. Even Harden, uh, who doesn't get hurt much, got hurt. They could have done it without Kyrie and just had Harden. Kyrie is cursed. I saw an interview with LeBron yesterday. I'm not sure when it was recorded, but he was saying how bad Kyrie like words hurt him. I think LeBron has hexed Kyrie. He's cursed him. He's never going to win again. Maybe. You don't mess with LeBron James. And Kyrie did. Took shots at him. It was not smart. And you only won the title, Kyrie, because LeBron was there. And now you're spitting in his face. I respect loyalty, and Kyrie has none of it. I am loyal to you. You are terrible on this show. I'm still with you. Through thick and thin. And just Kyrie doesn't know what that is, and it's disgraceful. <laughs> I could see him laughing, but he was muted, and it was really funny to me. <laughs> what do I say to that? Uh, yeah, not to mention when Kyrie, we both talked about it, when he was in uh, the TD Garden in the preseason and said, I'm 100% resigning here. And then throughout the season, got mad at the media for asking him if he's going to resign. It was bizarre. And then he left, obviously. They were like, why haven't you signed yet? And he's like, no. He Stop asking a... me these questions. He said it in a room of like 15,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't whisper it and blow it into the wind. He said it like, I'm staying here forever. He, yeah, he didn't confide in somebody and then like it leaked. He said it out in the open. And then it was like, I shouldn't have said that. And got upset at the media for asking him. Yeah, but I thought that... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, Going back to Kawhi, I think you can have that sort of situation where you 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 take the hit for one year. And I think teams might start doing that. If you know you can get a long term deal, you get a, if you get Kawhi for three years, take a hit for one year, and you get him for three more years. He's still younger than KD was. No, he's the same age as KD was when KD signed the deal with Brooklyn. Thirty one. Actually, would have been he would be a year younger. Sorry, he'd be thirty signing with whatever team. He'd be a year younger than KD was when KD signed with Brooklyn. I think I think I would gamble on it. Not as a Laker fan. I don't want the Lakers to do it. But I think if I'm one of those teams like Denver, not Denver, sorry, Miami, uh, there was there were rumors that Kawhi has told Golden State that he'd be happy to go with them. I just think that's a negotiation tactic. I don't think that's true. Um, it'd be interesting. I just, I want nothing to do with him if I'm building a successful team. Like, finding amazing players is really hard to do. But... If one guy is getting so much special treatment, it makes everyone else hate hate him. He didn't play for Pop, the most beloved coach in the NBA. He was like, no, I'm not doing it. Guys wish they could play for Pop in the Olympics. They love him. Kawhi's the one guy said no. The next three years, how many games do you think he's missed over the last three years? Has he, has he played two full seasons? 
in the last three years. No, but a lot of players haven't. I'm not trying to be a Kawhi apologist. No, I no. I think a lot of players haven't. I'm saying total games. Like, I think he's missed a full season of games, like 22, 25, oh, like that. Three? Okay. Yeah, yep, I think yep. he's missed a full year. Probably, probably close to it, yeah. yeah. He missed, uh, he missed a good number of games this year. He had a knee sprain this year um, before the playoffs. And obviously he had the, the deal with the Raptors and, and with Doc Rivers uh, on the Clippers the first year. So I don't know, but if if you're Bob Myers, are you not answering the phone if Lawrence Frank calls and says, hey, man, let's do a deal? No, thanks. I'd rather keep Wiggins. I'm 100% doing that deal. I don't, you know, I'm 100% doing that deal. If I'm Bob Myers, I'm definitely trying to do it. take a year off. You have you have the luxury of getting Clay, Clay Thompson back and rolling with that team, Draymond, Clay, Steph for a year, get them all gelled back together. And then in 2022, 2023 season, you get Kawhi. In that situation, I agree with you. But Kawhi cannot be your leader. Steph is the leader of that team. You can't have Patrick Beverly be the leader of the team anymore. It's not going to work. <laughs> you need to have a leader on that team. And Kawhi has proven time and time again, he's not that guy. He's not going to get guys motivated. He's just never going to do it. And like Supermax players are supposed to be that guy. And it's insane to me that I just, I don't understand this at all. I get the talent. I love Kawhi's game. I would want nothing to do with him going forward. Just a thought I had. Uh, how many Supermax players have won NBA titles since they signed the Supermax deal? Giannis could be the first, I think. Right. Which is pretty telling. Yeah. Uh, well, LeBron, no, didn't Steph win one? No. I don't think oh, so. Oh, he signed it after? He signed it after the last? Uh, no, wait. Hold on a second. No, he signed wait. his after the title. He signed his yeah. after. The, yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't have his yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, he didn't get it. Uh, yeah, Giannis would be the first. But to be fair, I think there's only like 10 guys in the league that have signed Supermax deals. There's not it's many so guys like, that have signed it. That's, I think that's a good enough number. One of them should have won by now. I mean, LeBron could have signed it. He chose not to right. in Cleveland. And he's won titles. He's made more money, though, doing that. Has he? By doing the two plus ones, the one plus ones. Yeah. If, like, when it's all said and done, he probably would make more money. I think it would be more a year. He would have made more if he signed the Supermax. But he wouldn't have had the roster control to the pressure on the team. No, but like, like on average, yeah, it would be more. But like longevity-wise, I think he would get more total money. Okay. So like if you know what I mean? Like, if, like if he continued playing for another, uh, how old is he? If he plays for another six, seven, let's say six, seven years on those one plus ones and keeps doing that, I think that would be more than the five for 200 something. I, I don't. So I think if you just go for five years versus five years, you make more with the Supermax. That's why they yes. have it. But if but, you do, but if you do the five years of the Supermax versus the, say, the six years, one plus one plus one, he probably makes a little bit more. Yeah, but then he could assign the one plus one after the Supermax. I'm saying just total money in those five-year period, the Supermax would pay you more money over that five-year period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on average. Yeah. But he's probably planning to stay longer, and it gives him flexibility to leave yeah. or to, to get the negotiation power. Yeah, that's what it was. That, that's yeah. why it was smart for him. Yeah. But yeah, just yeah, for yeah. total money, and he's the guy that this was basically built for. But, like, John Wall was never going to win a title. There's... Supermax is an interesting thing, but I think Giannis will be the first guy this year to get it. So yeah, to get to get the uh, the title with it, yeah. Are you saying the Clippers should re-sign Kawhi this year for four-year deal? 
If he opts out? I mean, if they if they can. Okay. Sign sign him to a five-year deal if they can. They have to wait till after this year, apparently, to do that. If he opts out? They, he has to opt in, and then after the season's over, they can sign him to the five-year deal. Yeah, but if he right. opts out, he's a free agent. Why can't they sign him to a five-year deal? They can only do a four-year deal. I think just the time, the eligibility, he has to... What I read bird was, rights? Yeah, what I read, what I read, it's a four-year deal this year. Next year, it's a five-year oh, right. deal. Yeah, that probably makes sense. I think you have to have three seasons with the team. Yeah. Uninterrupted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Okay. okay. Let's talk a little free agency. I have a list of some guys that are available. I have some thoughts about where they could end up. I'm not sure about money yet because the NBA salary cap legitimately makes no sense. It's all fake. Forget the money. Yeah. So I just have some players with some locations that I think make sense. Do you have a list as well? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with, we'll start with Kawhi because we just did that. My prediction is he turns down the player option and signs a four-year deal clipper with the max. He's going to restart with the Clippers for a four-year deal. I think you take the guaranteed money because you're injured now. You lock that in. Guarantee it. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think he stays with the Clippers, but if he doesn't, I think he goes to Miami. I think Pat Riley is too enticing to not to not go there. And it's still a very warm climate. Great city. Yeah. Okay, Chris Paul. What is your prediction for Chris Paul? Is he on your list? Yes and no, because I don't think he's going anywhere either way. I think he either opts in his player option or opts out and, and resigns at Phoenix. Either way, I don't see him leaving Phoenix. I have him still in Phoenix as well. I think he opts in because it's $40 million. So I think he picks that up. I think if they were to re-sign him, he would get nowhere near $40 million. So I would just take, lock that in. Yeah, I, it's it's tricky because of Chris Paul's injury history, he could, you know, he's 36 this year. If he opts in $40 million, if he gets hurt, I don't know how much he's going to get next year. But if he Signs like a whatever a three year one hundred million dollar deal. It's obviously more money than the one year for forty. That's interesting. Do you think someone's offering him a three year hundred million dollar deal? I think Phoenix would. I think Phoenix would. If he could get that, I would make. I would sign that immediately. I don't think he's getting offered that. And I think Phoenix is the only team that can offer him three years because of the over thirty eight rule. So I don't think any other team can. I think the other teams would have to offer him like two years if he opts out. Okay. Who's the next name on your list? Um, let me just go down. So I had Mike Conley. Okay. I have he did not re- make my list. Okay. I have him re-signing with Utah because I don't think he's going to have many suitors. And I think Utah just wants to keep that chemistry going. I think they're, 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 they're about a player away from contention. And I think they want to just have that longevity i agree with you i think he resigns in utah uh i also have a small point guard up next i have kyle lowry i think he leaves toronto and signs with miami who tried to trade for him two-year deal that was my guess for kyle same thing literally i'm gonna show you my my notebook right here i don't know if you can see the kyle lowry two years i had i had boston under as like a backup but like i have miami so really, my rationale for Miami is this. So a team that I had as a backup was Boston, because I think Boston has a huge hole. I think Lowry, Lowry would fit well um, with Boston. Uh, but Miami, I chose because I think Miami, well, they have cap space. And uh, they also tried to get him in the season. And I think he'd be a great, uh, a great piece. They're kind of in flux with the point guard position. And I think he brings toughness, exactly what Miami needs. My backup for him was Philadelphia. 
just to have him go home. Ben Simmons is likely on his way out. They could bring him in. That made some sense to me, but I think Miami makes the most sense. Who is the next guy on your list? Uh, and this is in no order, by the way. I'm just going down the list, so it's just uh, Kelly Oubre. Did not make my list. We have very different lists, I think. Okay, so this is fun. Better for the listeners. Uh, I have him going to Cleveland for a couple of years. I could see that. They got some money to spend. They don't have any players. That makes sense. And yeah, I think GMs around the league, are, are some are still high on him, but I think he has a lot to prove. Uh, he had an interview with The Athletic the other day, and he just sounds like he's very focused on himself. <laughs> so I think he'll go to one of these one of these teams, have a good fantasy basketball year like he did in Washington and Phoenix, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Now you were really high on him this year. I remember that. I was less impressed, but you you really liked him this year. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't like him at all. I, I maybe I liked I him in did. the pre. Yeah, maybe going into the season, I liked him, but I didn't like. I thought he was terrible during the season. Okay. I just think I just think that he still has potential, and they shouldn't give up on him. Not. I mean, the NBA. He's a three and D guy. He's still. He's only twenty five. He's turning twenty six this year, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna sign somewhere for sure. Okay. Uh, the next thing on my list was Demar Derozan. I thought about this for a long time because. I didn't see any natural fits for him. And I ended up with Denver. I think that they could use someone like him. Jamal Murray, we're not sure when he comes back. Could be April, could be March. They need a secondary scorer. I think he would have fit in that system really well. Did he make your list? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's one of the top free agents. You're not going to believe who I have him going to. So Denver, 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 I thought about it. No, it's not Denver. I thought about it. It was one of the candidate teams that I had. But I actually have some way finagling um, his way to Miami. Him and Kyle Lowry rerun, I would like that very much. I would be very up for that. I think that would be very interesting. They'd have to, you know, trade some players or get rid of some players, but I think that would be an interesting sort of consolation prize. Um, And it'd be a nice team, like Bam Adebayo, DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, Lowry. That team could definitely make a run to the finals. That's a really fun team. I like that very much. Who's next on your list? Did we talk about Kawhi already? Yes, you 85-year-old man. <laughs> Andre Drummond. So uh, I watched Andre Drummond more this season than any other season because he was on my Lakers. I've seen him before. You know, he's really good rebounder, high motor, but I don't think he's going to have very many suitors. He's still young. He's turning 29 this year. Um and he's a fantastic rebounder. I have him going to Charlotte. You and I thought around the same lines. I think he will not have many suitors at all. His kind of NBA game just isn't around anymore. There aren't many guys like him. I have him in Sacramento. Ooh, that'd be interesting. They'd, that'd be good. Yeah, they don't really have a big on their roster. Marvin Bagley has been a disappointment. I think this could make some sense for them. Plus, they're not they're not going to win, so they kind of fit his style. And they could give him the ball a lot so i think that makes some sense perfect place for him to rot like everyone else on sacramento <laughs> Seriously. i uh, i just think it'd be interesting with uh, mitch kupchak as the gm of charlotte trying to uh sign andre drummond when the lakers had him and then making him look like uh sort of a success story and showing to the lakers this is what you can do with andre drummond you, didn't, you couldn't figure it out last year. I think he tried to do that and try to stick it to the Lakers. And I think 
you know, they, they have a need, a big hole at the center. Uh, I think he could fit. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, my next guy is the person with maybe the worst business decision in the NBA history, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Guy turned down a two-year, $45 million deal with Houston after he got traded there and then immediately got hurt and is out for a long time. Did he make your list? He made my list. So I gave him a one-year prove-it deal with your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, why? Because he won't need to play that much and he'll get some shine in the playoffs. He'll sign for like the minimum, hopefully rebuild his career and then sign the big deal next year if he can stay healthy. That is my prediction for what he will do. And on, I can see on your face right now that you think that's likely to happen. I can see the hurt in your eyes like this is probably going to happen right now. I hope to God it doesn't. I can see it happening, but I hope it doesn't happen. He's still young. He's only 29. Uh, he's a slasher, athletic, gets to the rim, good defender, just can't stay healthy, man. I had him going on a two-year deal. Uh, a, a one plus one uh, with a team option in the second year uh, to San Antonio. That's a good spot for him. That'd be good, actually. That's smart. I think he's exactly what Pop would like. If he can work on his three-point shot even more, um, you know, he's definitely the type of guy that uh, that Buford would try and get for the Spurs. And I think he just fit in line and do really well with Pop. I think if it's a two-year deal, it has to be a team option for that second year, by the way. I think that's that's smart for you to say that. I see no way he gets a long-term deal with his injury history. No way. Do you want any part of this guy after age 30? Uh, no, and I used to love him, by the way. I loved him on Indiana. I thought he was okay. He's pretty good in OKC. Like, I feel really bad for him what happened in his career because he was fun, and it's just really unfortunate that he's not this guy. Yeah, and apparently uh, Miami said they're open to re-signing him. I don't know how true that is. I think they probably need to they need to do a couple of physicals before they'd even give him a dollar. Yeah, there's no physical he's going to pass. I would not give him a dollar. I would say good luck. <laughs> God bless. You're good. Who's the next name on your list? A guy that I was very excited to watch this season, Trez Montrez Harrell. Did he make your list? He did not. Ugh. Okay. And there's this very specific reason he did not. Can you guess what it is? You think he's going to opt in? I think it's because he's not good at basketball anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. So Montrez Harrell has a player option. He can opt in just if he wants to, and he might not be a free agent. But if he opts out, I think he will have I think he will have quite a few suitors. I think that he has a particular role. He has a, a, So he's a player that brings energy, um, intensity, high motor, crashes the boards, and he brings toughness. He's not a good defender. No arsenal really no offensive arsenal um but he's a solid player problem is he's undersized can't shoot can't defend did you just hear yourself he can't defend can't shoot but he's a really good player those are the two things i think he brings i think he brings things that a lot of players don't in terms of his intensity i think teammates love him i don't think he's gonna get a big deal i don't think he's gonna get one at all but he's only 27 this year and I think there are a number of teams that can use his energy. The question is, like, you can't have him starting, or the concern is you can't have him starting. And he's like a luxury. Like, you can't have him as your definite sixth man because you're not going to be able to play him all the time. Um, 
but I still think he's very regarded in the league. You just have to, he just has to fit. And I think he fits on Dallas. I think Dallas is a team he can go to and thrive because he will, he's only six, seven. He's not a very big guy. Him and Lonzo ball are the same height basically. Uh, but, and, and, and it's, he's obviously not a ball handler like Lonzo or, or, or anything like that. So there is some problems with that, but I think he can get maybe a, a two to three year deal. And I think he fits in Dallas. So I, you and I were shocked last year when he signed with the Lakers for a two year, $18 million deal. Yeah. We both thought he was going to get like a four year, $75 million. We thought he was going to get paid a lot of money. He missed Palenka. Yeah. Yeah. We were, yeah. We thought he was underpaid. And then they didn't play him at all in the playoffs. He didn't play. They like, they are like, you cannot defend. You cannot get minutes in these playoffs. Yeah. I think that was, that was his best offer last year. I think the offers are less now for what he is. I would be shocked if he got like I would like seven million dollars a year, like three year, twenty one million dollars. I could maybe see, but I don't think I he's getting ten million dollars a year anymore. I think that those days are long gone. I disagree with you because he won the sixth man of the year. Uh, he could have won it two years in a row. He's a very he's a very impactful player um, off the bench, and he's only twenty seven. Like I think I think he can. De- I think he'll definitely have suitors. I think, and I think he'll. I think he can get $10 million more than that potentially, but I don't think it'll be a long-term deal. He might get a, maybe he gets a $30 million deal for two years or three years, but I think he'll definitely get at least $10 million. The next guy on my list is your Laker, Dennis Schroeder. He make your list. Yes, he did. I have him going to Chicago. I think they need a point guard. They have Kobe white. I think they could use someone else. Most teams have point guards. It's really hard to find a team that does not have a good point guard right now. I think that kind of made some sense, but I really struggled to find a spot for him. Yeah, I thought about him in Chicago. I just thought that they wanted to give Kobe White another year. He's only been in the league second two years. They drafted him pretty early. Um, so I think they're going to give him a, a little bit of, uh, you know, some time to develop, get comfortable. And he looked pretty good without Zach Levine last year. Maybe there's an issue there. Uh, but I have Schroeder going to the Knicks for a few years. I think he'd fit in really well with the Knicks. I think um, I think I'm not a huge Schroeder fan at all. I'm not. I wouldn't even say I'm a fan. I liked him for one year because he was on my Lakers. He's a good player. He's a decent scorer. He gets to the rim. He's very crafty, but he's not a guy that I think you can commit to as your point guard of the future. You have to have like he's either either going to come off the bench or you're going to kind of use him in in, in certain situations. Fluidly. So I have him going to the Knicks. I think for sure De- Derek Rose comes back because Tibbs is still there. And Rose will not get a job without Tibbs. And uh, Emmanuel quickly is there too. I think it's going to be interesting. I like him on, on the Knicks. The Knicks were my runner-up as well. I thought about that for a long time too. So good pick. Who's next on your list? I think that's my entire list. Okay. I have a few more names. Sure. So, uh, Laurie Markkinen. I had him going to San Antonio. I think that makes too much sense. Okay. Yeah, that's a good spot. Uh, John Collins. I think uh, Atlanta, they can match whatever offer he gets. I think someone will sign him to an offer sheet and Atlanta will match it. Are you doing restricted free agents? Sorry, I only did the unrestricted ones. That was the, it's the only guy, I think. That's the okay. only guy I did okay. that for. He was the only one. I have Jared Allen. I think Boston signs him. I could see that working out for him. I think the Cavs match it. 
depending on who they draft. That's true. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is the last thing on my list. I think he resigns in Toronto. Yeah, they would have to do that. It wouldn't make sense to give up unless unless the Raptors sign Norman Powell. But that would, would be not, hilarious. Right? What a waste. <laughs> that'd be really funny. <laughs> Portland signs Gary Trent. That'd be pretty funny. They should do that. I would enjoy that very much. <laughs> Who did you want to put on your list that you didn't? Uh, Goran Dragic, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Danny Green were the three names I thought about adding. Okay. Two of those guys, Goran Dragic and THJ. Tim Jr., your favorite player, I also thought about. And there was another player that I thought about, Evan Fournier. He was just so bad in Boston, I didn't even think about him that much. <laughs> he, he he turned it on a little bit late, though. I liked him in Orlando. I thought he was good in Orlando. And he was, yeah. I remember the first or second game in Boston, he was like 0 for 11. I was like, that's not a good start. Yeah, I dropped him in fantasy. Yeah. I thought about Spencer Didwinny, but the injuries, like, there's some decent players that are free agents this year. Some good role players that I think could be fun. Yeah. It's not a very top heavy. No, sorry. It is a very top heavy list. If Kawhi opts in, Chris Paul opts in, and Trez opts in, it's a pretty lackluster crop of free agents. Very true. I think so too. It's going to be it's gonna be a tight year for teams trying to get better. There's not a lot of superstars to make them better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll be back next week breaking down game five of the NBA finals. So get ready for that. We have a lot of stuff planned for the NFL free age, uh, NFL preseason. We have some NBA draft stuff coming up. We have some NBA free agency stuff coming up that I'm really looking forward to. So look out for that. Please follow us on Twitter at rookie Venom. Subscribe, <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Instagram, any social media feed. We are there. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, verbal, that new Amazon thing that's going on. Anywhere you can get your podcasts, we are there. Please go to undraftedsports.com. We are a part of the, a part of their podcast network now. They are doing really interest, interesting stuff over there. Web is a gigantic fan of some of those podcasts, so go check that out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. Yeah.